listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. So we all know times have changed and things that were uh, okay socially a few years ago are no longer okay. And some of the things that were okay are hard to imagine they were ever okay. Like Harvey Weinstein and Matt Lauer and people like that living the lifestyle they were living. Sure. And getting to be what they were. Well, or every morning, how when I used to come into work, Marshall would pat me on the butt. I never liked it. Never liked it. Asked you to stop over and over again. But you got some of these people, like there were rumblings in pop culture about right. Harvey Weinstein. Apparently, it was well known in L.A., in Hollywood, that he was what he was. And people just turned a blind eye. And same with R. Kelly. So that documentary comes out about the musician R. Kelly, and now everybody's, okay, we really believe you now? I mean, can't, I, can't have him uh, recording and singing at us anymore. Right. Even though everybody knew a lot of that stuff. But anyway, right. for whatever, times have changed, more evidence, and his record label dropped him, and there are court cases going forward. Well, it might happen to one of the biggest stars in the history of music, Michael Jackson, as this new... Well, with one notable difference... <laughs> Him being south of the earth? Yes. <laughs> he is subterranean. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, Leaving Neverland, a documentary. Going to be at the Sundance Film Festival coming up this weekend. Of course, I don't know when you're going to listen to this podcast. might have been two years ago when you hear this. Yes. Yeah, it's part of the fun. It was a good times two years ago, huh? Uh-huh. Before, before China invaded. You remember Trump? That was something, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this Jacko documentary... 2121 is a pretty cool year. 2020 is a cool year. 2120, 20, no, 2121 would be in a century. Yes. Okay, oh, never yeah. mind. I was thinking 21. Never mind. The ignorant fool. You know. <laughs> perfectly played. Perfectly Roasted played. Roasted from beyond the grave. Yes. <laughs> Jacko slapping me down. But so this leading Neverland documentary is going to focus on a handful of adult men who say they were abused by Jacko when he was a kid. And I think like this when other they stuff. they were kids. When they were kids. Right. Um, I think like this other stuff, it's going to seem different now than it seemed at the time. And just like the other stories I just said, everybody knew Jacko was probably a child molester, but now can you still be Michael Jackson and be a child molester when this movie comes out? And I wouldn't be surprised that the whole Jacko thing goes away. You don't see him getting a posthumous awards or people remaking his songs or maybe even having his songs available on various libraries or radio stations <laughs> playing them. I wonder. That's an interesting question. Has R. Kelly been banned from the nation's airwaves pretty much? Oh, yeah. Yeah, nobody's oh, yeah. playing this oh, music. Yeah, yeah okay. I read that over Good. the weekend. And the uh, streaming services, yes. streaming services yeah. have pulled his stuff down. Right. No, uh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, artists that have done duets with him have pulled right. their songs that he was featured on off of their streaming stuff. Lady what? Gaga and others. Yeah. He was a yeah. super giant star, yeah. sure. R. Kelly. On the other hand, Jacko had the best-selling album of all time for a very long time, or you know, might as well be, and possibly got little kids drunk so he could sex them up. Right, which ain't cool at all. Right. And this movie is going to talk a lot about that. I wonder, do they get into? I don't know how much you've read about it. Do they get into the point, the uh, the fact that he was clearly a victim of child abuse himself? Yeah, which is I'm not trying to excuse it. It just it's an interesting story. It is interesting. He ended up carving his face off. He so hated his looks, and he was a handsome young man. Because of the emotional abuse he suffered at the hands of his sicko dad. I'm glad he's dead. I think most. Sexual child abusers were abused as children. A lot of them, but uh, you know, you don't you don't get any pass for that. No, no, you get some sympathy, but you don't get a pass for that. 
Or understanding, you know, at the very least. But yeah, wouldn't that be something if the biggest selling artist of all time, the music's no longer played on the radio? We don't get to listen to Billy Jean anymore, or you know, Thriller, or any you know any of his great smash hits. I remember when um, uh, Seinfeld was on Colbert, and somehow Cosby came up, and Colbert said, uh, "Can you still enjoy that stuff?" And Seinfeld said, "Oh yeah, I can. I can admire the comedy." And Colbert said, "I can't. I can't listen to it anymore. Mm -hmm. The comedy albums." So, I don't know. I suppose some people will be like, but you know how companies are. The big companies could easily drop Jacko just out of fear. Sure. You know, thinking about him victimizing children in the abstract bothers me, bothers everybody. But hearing people go into detail and putting it in front of you, um, you know, fleshing it out, and I'm sorry for that choice of words. I just couldn't think of a better one. Um, That would make it really difficult. To enjoy yeah. the music, yeah. sure. Well, yeah, yeah. Man, I don't. It's funny, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of a hard rock guy. I wasn't a Jacko freak like a lot of the planet was, but I mean, the the uh, just how great those songs were and how omnipresent they've been yeah. for. I mean, God, the Jackson Five had smash hits that everybody still knows the words to in, in nineteen what. Seventy? Yeah, be early seventies. Yeah, yeah, very, very early seventies. But no, 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 but no, 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 no. So it was no, no. I'm not done. Um, it was a movie that got him in trouble last time. Remember that that documentary was so crazy. God, we talked about that all the time. Oh, where he's running around Las Vegas buying stuff with no money. I want both right. of these, and I want, right. oh, I want one of these. <laughs> right. Oh, and this is so beautiful. I want this. Yeah. With with his uh, his poor kids. Yeah, Speaking what, of the cycle of wearing of masks and uh, disguises. Yeah, a little and, blanket and pillowcase yeah. and dust ruffle. Um... And, you know, and uh, you know, I shouldn't make jokes because his daughter's attempted suicide and everything. Yeah, and, yeah. Oy vey. Oh, man, it's sad. I, but that, was, bring this but that was 2003 when that documentary came out. It was? Yeah. Wow. wow. And uh, <laughs> so that's 16 years ago. And, yeah, <laughs> buying all that stuff. But then the sitting on the couch and say, what could be, what's more loving than sharing your bed with a child? Whoa, grown men don't say that. With other people's children? They're not talking about Saturday morning and your kids come in to join you and tease you that you ought to get up and play. Right. And that's not what... No, no. Jacko. Weirdo. Very it's different. Yes, They made it up. What nothing strange about your daddy? That's our favorite thing from the funeral when uh, Al Sharpton right. said that. He was the strangest person anybody's ever even conceived of. There was precious little that wasn't strange about their daddy. I get it was a funeral, Al, but... You know, during MLK week... He was quoted so many times and taken so seriously as civil rights champion Al Sharpton. You know, it makes me want to throw up my hands and give up. Back to uh, Michael Jackson. Um, what? What's I, This is something I haven't heard. What's the driving force behind this movie? He's dead. I just you think, just think, I think the victims ought to be heard. It shouldn't. They're, they're, his crimes should not be overlooked just because he isn't with us anymore. Partly, you could argue, what about the the system, the institutions, the record yeah. companies, the famous people, everybody who knew about it, who permitted it? Mm. One of the overarching themes of kind of this Me Too era seems to be amplifying the voices of the victims. Yeah. Um, and so with these people coming out and talking about this, uh, my guess would be for the first time, especially on camera, that's kind of the driving force behind I gotta it. i got to tell you, if... Uh, 
if, if I'd been molested by my, gotten drunk as a 12-year-old molested by Michael Jackson, the fact that his music's playing in the mall would piss me off. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would think people would want the whole picture. And his family, somebody's still getting rich off of it. Is it true his nose would just fall off and it was he had like a snap? He, it was snapped on? Stern says so. Howard Stern says so. He and, says a lot of stuff. But. In Howard Stern's book, the first chapter of one of his books was about the one time he sat down with Jacko. He was, they were, work, were trying to work out a deal. It never came together of him interviewing Jacko mm-hmm. at the height of, you know, everybody trying to figure out the Jacko thing. Right. And they're trying to come, and they met in a hotel room or wherever. <laughs> and Stern's talking about just staring at the dude's face. And now his nose looked like it was crooked or coming off or oh, taped oh on boy. or something. Oh, boy. Yeah. All because, again, I'm going to turn it sad, because his dad made fun right. of his broad nose when he was a, a, a young black man. A lot of people get made fun of for a lot of things, though. They don't carve themselves up. Yeah, but you, you've read it. Haven't you read about the way Joe Jackson ran the Jackson 5 and everything? Uh, so it's just terrible. It's horrible. Horrible. Oy. Kids in show business is a terrible idea. Who Hollywood that's... just should have short... Boyish-looking men <laughs> and 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 girl and and you know grown women, thirty-year-old women who throw on pigtails. Leave the kids out of the entertainment. It should business. be an opportunity so for people who don't ever grow very tall. Right, to exactly. Play child roles. The diminutive. What about their rights? You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. Taco Bell has teamed up with Grubhub, and they're going to start delivering Taco Bell. And I mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago that I noticed in my town they now have a chocolate chip cookie place that delivers until 3 a.m. In a college town with legal marijuana. I think so many of these things are driven by the legalization of marijuana. Taco Bell now delivers to your home. You don't have to even leave your home. You're stoned at 2 in the morning legally. And you can call Taco Bell and come to your home. And a chocolate chip cookie will drop by also. You know, it's funny. You mentioned Taco Bell. And right next to my old hood where I used to live, uh, T-Bell opened up on a formerly just grassy uh, little plain there. I have never eaten Taco Bell. Back to you. Why? Because you're better than us? I don't know. It doesn't look that good to me. My wife worked at Taco Bell. Oh, really? Wow. She worked at Taco Bell. An alum. Walmart and Starbucks before she got real jobs. Not that those aren't real jobs. It's a good merkin. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, this T-Bell opens up, and I thought, wow, a Taco Bell out here? It's just it's uh, surrounded by nothing but houses. And I thought, I didn't know this was, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think much of it. Always busy. As in every moment that the earth is turning, there is a line in the drive through and a throng of humanity wow. inside. <laughs> it is astounding. It's like I've always wished I had an In-N-Out uh, uh, franchise. Always busy. Oh man, whoever got to, whoever bought that franchise is just printing money. Uh, anyway, back to oh the other uh, store I wish I'd owned. There was a uh, a cookie store on the way to the quad uh, where I went to college. You had to walk right by it to get you know to class. Always the smell of fresh cookies wafting out, so you could buy warm fresh cookies anytime. And yes, there may have been some marijuana use on campus at that time. Uh, and you could buy a, a big cup of cookie dough anytime oh, you wanted. Oh, oh, Just give me that and a straw. Yamaha. Yeah. Chocolate chip cookie dough? Are you kidding me? Some of my friends who were, I'm afraid to say, junkies, would get a little buzz on and go get some cookie dough. 
And they appeared to be happy, Jack, but it was the fake happiness of the drug junkie. <laughs> Back to you. You have a comment, Sean? I look at a batch of freshly baked cookies, and I think, why'd you ruin that cookie dough? And I could have yeah, just eaten yeah. the cookie dough. I like both, but not one clearly superior to the other, so why get all the work? Have you ever eaten cookie dough till you felt sick? Yes. Oh, yeah. He's laughing at me. Is there any other way? God, if, that's when you know. That's how you know when to stop. Yeah. If my wife's making cookies and then like she's got a big thing tub of the dough she puts in the fridge for later or whatever, forget it. I, every time I stop by the fridge, a little, little spoonful. How do I not? <laughs> Speaking of gluttony and obesity and everything else, times change, and and uh, those of you who were enjoying charging me seventy dollars for flowers on Valentine's Day. Your day may be up for whatever reason, and some of it is gluttony. People are getting away from buying traditional flowers. Uh, the price, it might have been a price thing. Mm. At some point, maybe people decided, eh, what other alternatives are there yeah. to $70 roses? <laughs> that um, were $30 two weeks ago. Yeah, exactly, and will be $20 tomorrow. Yeah. Um, various treat bouquets have really taken off. Oh, boy. And uh, they get look at this bacon one. Those those flowers down there, bacon. That, that's bacon. Oh, great a, time to be alive. A bacon, bacon bouquet. bouquet. Well, I'd be wow. happy with that. You really do love me. <laughs> um, meaty bouquets like bacon, beef jerky. There are sour ones with pickles. I don't want a pickle bouquet. I got your pickle bouquet. <laughs> that's, our hey, that's our Valentine's Day right there. I get that joke. Oh, 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 boy. And sweet ones with candy, cupcakes, and donuts. Oh. I'd like a donut bouquet. And uh, so this is a real grow, fast-growing trend. How about fruit? You can get them with fruit. Fruit, yeah. yeah. I like it, the strawberries things and the chocolate dip well, varieties and things. Well, not that just thing. that, but, uh, yeah, you get a uh, little melon in there and a few berries and a banana or two. When, uh, it's much when, healthier than that other stuff you mentioned. When, when uh, Yeah, those are great. I only had one once when uh, Sam was born. One of our clients sent a giant fruit bouquet, and it was fantastic. Fruit on a stick. Yeah, it's good and healthy and all that sort of stuff. I sure. didn't even mention that one, even though it's popular. Because I was looking at the donuts and the bacon and the right. And I think uh, if I brought my girlfriend home a bacon bouquet, I'd be sleeping out on the couch. Actually. Really? Yeah, yeah, I don't think she would like it. Mm, I don't know. I'm hoping it goes this direction. I could see it. Things come and go. We think everything's permanent, but it's not. Nothing's permanent. And it could be that flowers for Valentine's Day will just go away. Yeah, people will chuckle at that tradition, yeah. and you know, uh, at some point. Of course, you know, Judy and I, uh, the two things that have kept us together is, one, we like each other. Two, we both dislike Valentine's Day. Those are really the big two. Um, and it's what a blessing. What a blessing to have a spouse who feels exactly like you do about that sort How of thing. How about the old pickle bouquet? <laughs> I say this every year. I've never known one long-lasting successful couple who took Valentine's Day seriously. They might exist, oh, but sure. I, I don't personally know them. Right. Anybody who'd like be uh, angry but hurt uh, over not getting you know enough, right, or well, enough now, attention or whatever. Are you talking not liking Valentine's Day from the get-go? I mean, isn't just there don't sort take of a, it very seriously? It's not a big deal. But when you first meet, isn't there sort of a little rush for Valentine's? Every day, every day is. Every well, day, is sure. Valentine's yeah, there day. might be a little, yeah. you know, indicating I actually really like you more. Right. But if you're like married and settled, and all, well, I don't know, run your relationship the way you want. Listen to this. I just came across this on, on this topic. Haley Bieber, interviewed by Vogue. Do you know who she is? Mm. I do. That's Justin Bieber's wife, the model. Oh, that's right. He's got a uh, a wife now. Super hot model. And he's of... not acting like an idiot anymore. And Am I correct? And they're both super Christian. She is of the, the Baldwin lineage. All right. And she's very attractive, and they're both Christians. Anyway, she was asked by Vogue about their relationship. 
And I, I saw an interview the other day with a celebrity couple, and she was going on, every day is Valentine's Day at our house. It's just that I thought, well, maybe that's true, but probably not. Um, and Haley Bieber said, I'm not going to sit here and say it's all magical fantasy. It's always going to be hard. It's a choice. You don't feel it every day. You don't wake up every day and say, I'm absolutely so in love and you're perfect. That's not what being married is. But there's something beautiful about it anyway, about wanting to fight for something and commit to building something with someone. Wow, those two kids have a chance. Absolutely. Not Super. the celebrity interviews. Every day's Valentine's Day. You know, a Kardashian sort of view right, of the whole right, thing. Right. You talk about the latest thing he bought you and all that crap. You know, I may have to uh, express a little <clears throat> regret for the various aspersions I cast at old uh, Jay Beaver's uh, direction. Of course, you know, he's a bit of a uh, an arse. Right, and I wouldn't have been. As a wealth. Oh, go ahead. I wouldn't have been at all right. if he'd have given me millions of dollars <laughs> when I was 16 years old. I wouldn't have acted like a jackass ever. No, no. Unlimited capabilities surrounded by yes men. I would have been a perfect gentleman. <laughs> I don't know if I'd have thrown hard-boiled eggs at my neighbor's house, but it's a choice of... I wouldn't have recorded that damn music. <laughs> oh, man, yuck. Yeah, well. Man, what are you going to do? Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. Pretty hard to explain how one of the most uh, powerful forces in the human body has just gone away, it would seem, in the modern generation. That's Mm. the desire to have sex. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And uh, we were talking about this uh, piece in the Atlantic uh, earlier in the show or during the radio show, and... And I was concentrating almost universally on the American stuff. I've had sex three times today. <laughs> um, mostly because I'm an American and my knowledge of other countries' uh, sexual practices is uh, uh, cursory at best. Uh, actually, I got I a great pun I can make you want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wait a minute. You know what? Yeah, I am somewhat familiar with certain practices popular in some countries <laughs> through my research. Yes. But uh, listen to this, would you hear? Uh, one of the me- most respected sex studies in the world, Britain's National Survey of Sexual Attitudes and Lifestyles, reports the same thing. Giant drops in, in rates of having sex. In the Netherlands, which is one of your sexier countries, the median age at which people first have intercourse rose in five years, from 2012 to 2017, from 17.1 to 18.6. A year and a half in five years. Even kissing was dropping in frequency. Really? Yeah. Wow. Finland, Marshall. Uh-oh. Finland. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. A sweaty, panting, chest-heaving country, if there ever was one. Excellent. Moaning, shouting, screaming with yes. ecstasy. Finland found declines in intercourse, along with rises in, in the rates of self-abuse, a term I still prefer for masturbation. <laughs> Um, Australians went from having sex about 1.8 times a week to 1.4 times in five years. See, I think they're measuring the wrong things. And I've been talking about this for years, but nobody joins on my uh, bandwagon. All right, try one more time. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) your band sucks. Nobody wants to be on your wagon. They measure how often people have sex. They measure how often people get married or at what age. They measure babies. But they don't measure just getting together, and it just was my observation running around as a single person. What do you mean by getting together, though? The dating, having okay. a boyfriend or girlfriend, like, full like moving in with somebody. At what point? Well, no, does... having a person 
with whom you spend a noticeable amount more time than the rest of your friends, and they happen to be of the opposite this, sex if you're hetero. This weekend, you're going to do something with your boyfriend or girlfriend. What your when, mom used to refer to as trapped. your special friend. <laughs> right. When I was young, everybody had that situation. I mean everybody. And if he didn't for a while, he's heartbroken because the last one ended, and he's going to start a new one within a couple of weeks, probably more months. Yeah. You, Marshall, wasn't that the case for oh, you yeah. also? And Everybody was always in a relationship that has a boyfriend or girlfriend, and a steady I, boyfriend or girlfriend. I was going to say, back in the day when I uh, was uh, turning a uh, young man, uh, there were numbers of boyfriends and girlfriends. I mean, you know, you didn't often have just you one. You had both? Because I'm not judging. No, 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 no. I mean, I, uh, I used to be dating three or four uh, women at a time, almost all the time. And most of the women I knew were dating three or four guys and then all I, the time. And then I was uh, single in a different yeah. era and realized there's lots of people that just didn't have a relationship and didn't seem to be really pursuing having a relationship. Mm. That is the big change. That's what leads to less sex, less marriage, less all kids. Right. All right. well, what's so behind? why did that happen? Yeah, what's behind that? I don't know. Yeah. Well, That's Sweden, what we're trying to figure out. Yeah. Sweden, similar results in spite of their, uh, their uh, bikini team. Um and finally, you got Japan, which is like oh, the, yeah. the... Weirdsville. Yeah, it's the leader in not getting together uh, on any level in any way. In 2005, a third of Japanese single people, 18 to 34. 18 to 34 years old, a third of them were virgins. By 2015, 10 years later, it was 43%. Wow. You got half Whoa. of Japanese married couples Whoa. haven't had sex in at least a month. At least a month. For nearly a decade, I like this sentence, stories in the Western press have tied Japan's sexual funk to a rising generation of soshuku danshi, literally grass-eating boys. These herbivore men, is there, it's kind of, a, it's a couple of... Vegetarian? It's a very, no. Vegans? A, no! Sexless vegans. All right. It's kind of a sophisticated comment. These herbivore men, as they're known in English, are said to be ambivalent about pursuing either women or conventional success. They just kind of sit around like cows without any sort of go-gettedness about them. They um, kind of sit around like cows. Well, that's why they call them grass-eating boys. <laughs> okay. They're they not just... hunters, they're grazers. Thank you, Sean. Thank you so much for untangling my... Uh, uh, the new taxonomy of Japanese sexlessness also includes terms for groups such as the uh, hikikomori, shut-ins, parasito shinguro, parasite singles, people who live with their parents. Some of those. <laughs> people who live with their parents beyond their twenties. <laughs> right. And otaku, obsessive fans like of anime and manga, all of whom are said to be contributing to the celibacy sh- syndrome, which I won't even attempt to pronounce. Now, I would like to know, because uh, it takes two willing participants to have sex, unless you're Harvey Weinstein. Um, uh, so is it, you know, is it, are both parties in agreement that we're not going to have sex? Or are men out, and so women got no choice, or women are out, and men got no choice? Well, do you know anything about that? Nah. John, do you know anything about that? Is it equal? I, I... I, I, the the decrease in sex from 1.5 to 1.2 a week doesn't seem like that much. I get mathematically it's a drop, mm-hmm. but you're still having sex about once a week. Um, I, to me, I think the biggest difference is people waiting until their 30s to specifically do the starting a family thing, which, from my perspective, doesn't sound like a bad thing. Um, I think people are much more aware of or using their well, late feels- teens and 20s as kind of let me... 
I, I need to experience as much as I can before I settle I, into. I don't feel any life. need, at least in this conversation. I don't to get into the whether it's a good thing or bad thing. I just I'll judge harshly. I think it's just noticeable that something has happened and wondering wondering why. Uh, the rates of consumption of uh, pornography are skyrocketing. Yeah, I would have thought that would have led to more sex. I don't no, know. no, no. It leads no. to more less sex. Yes, more masturbation, less uh, sex. Right. I didn't have ubiquitous pornography when I was. 20 years old or 16 years old. I don't know what that would have done to me. Mm. What about more realistic sex robots? <laughs> well, they, don't gonna... go, they don't really get into sex bots in the story, Michael. Why don't you just share your experience <laughs> yeah, with everybody and we'll go from there. Well, that's oh. screaming our way, and that ain't going to help the numbers, don't you think? Oh, no, of course not. No, you're absolutely right. It's but not going to increase your need to go out and find a girlfriend. I'm fine with less 20-year-olds having kids, though. Oh, sure. It's yeah. Everybody is. Yeah, yeah but it, it's, it crosses all age levels. It's everybody that they're talking about. Um, then, at some point, if it's, you know, married couples are having way less sex than they used to, then you got to start looking at something in the water or the food or something, don't you? Here it is. The famous psychologist, Philip Zimbardo. Do you know... Do you know his name? You know his fame? He was the director of the famous, infamous Stanford Prison Experiment. He's enjoying an unlikely second act as an anti-porn activist. In his book, Man Interrupted, Zimbardo warns that procrastination... Procrastination. Let's all take a moment. ...is unfortunate portmanteau for... I'm reading this, isn't that me? I don't often use the uh, word portmanteau. Uh, ...is unfortunate description for procrastination via masturbation may be leading young men to fail academically, socially, and sexually. They would uh, working it to porn is addictive, causes structural changes in the brain, and is producing an epidemic of erectile dysfunction. Okay, but it changes changes in the brain. It sounds like not just about sex, though. Didn't you say something in there about uh, there were some other things? Portmanteau. <laughs> what? Um, that. That re, has to re, careers and everything else. Oh yeah, all sorts of different things. So it's not just it changes your brain for sex. All you want to do is 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 yank it. Oh, good well, Lord. And, and, I think there'd be some physical limitations. And, That's a technical and, term. And the constant <laughs> consumption of pornography increases expectations in many, and also, I think, makes a lot of people feel like they're not going to be adequate. Mm. Right, yeah. and well, Right. Uh, I've heard it stated yep. by young women many times, and older women, too, that like every guy I run into thinks we're going to blank, and uh, I'm going to let him blank it a blank it a blank. Man. blank, it's blank like, yeah. Not happening. Yeah. You know, one thing that hasn't come up when we've discussed this now for probably 40 minutes total between now and the show, the fact that everybody's fatter. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, uh, weight gain, in particular obesity, lowers your sex drive. Well, it also makes you less willing, right. male or female, to want to get naked in front of somebody. I'm behind them. What? And I get naked behind them. No matter what, okay. somebody's in front of somebody. Right, exactly. Yeah, oh, somebody's got to be in Turn down the lights. Let's get it on. Marvin Gaye was right. Let's get it on. What kind of gymnast you are in which everybody's facing the other direction. Right. Well, you can get drum dressed back to back and say, one, two, three. Click the lights around. And then it's sweet, sweet loving. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty show. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. That was very dramatic. What what does that mean? What? 
Oh, that thing I said? You'll chart our course. I'll explain in a second. Okay. I'm a radio professional. Hey, Michael, so we're supposed to cue you at the end of this, right? You got to, do we have a thing to tack on to the end of it so it doesn't end so abruptly? All right, I'm going to cue you, Michael, at the end of it, and you say, well, I guess that's it. Okay, because we'll that'll that. be our ending now. All right, <laughs> every podcast—that's how it's going to end. Well, until I like it, yeah. got, I like it. You got I like it. The the like whoever did the intro is going to do an outro, right, Hanson? Yeah, yeah. I haven't made it yet, but I'm going to pack like, it on. As I like Michael so. saying it very flatly, as flatly as possible, which is kind of your thing, yeah. right? Right. That's your wheelhouse, right? That's right. It's his brand. So be prepared. And for I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to tell you what words to use. Uh, why would I limit your genius? But something to the effect of, "Well, I guess that's it." It sounds good. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. That yeah, is indeed. Delivery indeed. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. So uh, here's an idea. Uh, we get so many great emails, funny, clever, good points, stupid, whatever, hateful. Um, and we never get to, uh, you know, we get to a fraction of them on the show. So how about we, we do a little bonus mailbag on uh, one more thing? It's up to you whether you want to play the music, Michael. Of course, he's sitting in there dicking around. <laughs> you got to be at the helm. All right. Just I'll, like I'll, the radio I'll, show. Right, here, here's you your can't be sitting right, Here's your damn music. Dicking around. <laughs> the casual obscenities of the podcast. Right. <laughs> Welcome to the Internet. All right. All right. Turn it off. Turn it off. I can't stand it. So this is a nice note from uh, Kathy in Austin, Texas, I, I presume. So Willie Brown is now penning articles for the uh, the San Francisco Pravda about dating Kamala Harris. And it, he admits, we were just talking about this. Which I swear is just bragging about somebody you just you used to date. Oh, yeah, I went there. Yeah, I may have influenced her career. You know, I certainly helped her race for district attorney. What Willie doesn't state was that he was married to someone else while he was dating Kamala. Yeah, technicalities. And was nearly twice her age at the time. Understand, uh, understandably, he also doesn't mention what a disgusting fat hack he was and still is. <laughs> I don't think that's for him to mention. Seems so, odd that he would bring that up. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, now she says, Donald Trump has notoriously cheated on his spouses. Why should Kamala be judged by any different standards? Who, who's judging her? Is anybody? Yes, she should be. If you judge the Donald, you oh, got to judge her. Gotcha. <laughs> She's pro-judging. Here's what I see is the key difference. Donald Trump slept with beautiful women because he could. Kamala slept with old fat guys because she wanted them to give her a career boost. Well, I'm pretty see. sure that makes him a pig and her a prostitute. Wow. Oh, that's oh. strong stuff. Oh. Oh. Strong stuff. Marshall, are you offended? I am. Indeed. A career boost. Okay. Uh. Well, it's been said for as long as humans being saying things. Human beings have been saying things. Power is an aphrodisiac. I mean, Willie Brown was among the most powerful people in California for decades. Mm-hmm. He had the ability to make careers that would lead you someday to running for president. You don't have to be I'm dating him. I'm not saying that's why she dated him. I don't know. No, you don't have to be dating him just because you think it's going to help out your career. You could be dating him just because you're into power, and there's the most powerful guy around. Right. That's pretty classic. You know, I'm not a woman, Jack, nor am I particularly <laughs> power-hungry. I don't have the experience of 
power being an aphrodisiac. Boy, me neither. That's interesting you bring that up. Yeah. I can't think of if the Queen of England walked in here. I wouldn't think, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, look at oh, you, now, virtuous guy. She's 90. <laughs> or whatever she is. That's oh, not but all that fair. influence. That's okay. not fair. Come up with somebody else powerful as a woman. Angela Merkel. Whoa, oh, the Queen of England. Yeah. Yeah. She's 70. Oh. And Zoftig. Well, well yes. the point here is, language. Right. Willie Brown was old, a lot older than her, yet generally right. you're not Turned yeah. on by guys thirty years older than you. How old was Willie at the time? I mean, he was in his, matters. He was in his early sixties. She was in her early thirties. Um, if I remember correctly, that's getting kind of old. But anyway, the point I was going to make <clears throat> is that they don't say power is a reason women will go ahead and sleep with a guy. They call it an aphrodisiac, like it actually gives you the hots. That Theresa May can craft my Brexit anytime she wants. I'll tell you that. It overwhelms you with desire. Exactly, because of her power. Yes. I don't think it works that way on guys. I find Theresa May attractive. I, well, that's not my point, but I don't think it works on guys. It must just be a female thing. Honestly, I've never had a feeling of attractiveness to being attracted to a woman because she is powerful. Not once in my life. Well, that's obviously because you are so twisted by society and the patriarchy because there is no difference between men and women. All differences are a social construct. So you would be turned on by the Queen of England. I'm trying to think. If it were not for your own prejudices. I don't think I've ever been attracted to a woman because I thought she had money or would have money either. I don't think that's ever entered into it. Mm. Certainly not consciously. I don't even think yeah. unconsciously looking back. Never, well, now, uh, never a female yeah. boss or anything like that? Now, how is it? Not for the reasons of them being the boss. I, I was married at age 12, and Judy and I were both <laughs> poor as church mouse, but I've certainly been capable of lusting in my heart, sure. to quote Jimmy Carter through the years, and I'm going through the lists of lusts, or the lust lists. Um no, I can't even. No, that no, that has nothing to do with it. I'm not saying that I'm less shallow because I have been attracted to women because they got a nice butt or you know beautiful legs or whatever, and that's frank. shallow also. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know, I tell you what, you've got some suave, sophisticated woman of power and wealth, and then you got the proverbial farm girl with her gingham top all tight and her Daisy Duke shorts and the rest of it. Uh, no, 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 come on! There's no, there's no contest. I don't, that's that. I never thought about that. Me before, and Daisy May are going out back, and I don't care if she has two nickels to rub together. Power is the greatest aphrodisiac. I don't think it works on men. Well, again, that's because of your prejudices, and you are sick, and I would admit it, and part of the patriarchy. And I notice you're white, which makes you a bad person automatically. Do you think this Willie Brown, Kamala Harris thing ends up being a national story? We brought it up in California. We got more texts that day than anything we talked about. Once it catches on nationally, does it become a story or not? Given. And I don't know why it would. I don't know how much national name recognition Willie Brown has. He he gets on, or he used to anyway, get on the, uh, he'd be on your Meet the Press. He'd be on your Chris Matthews. He'd be on lots of those shows. I'm trying to think, what is the uh, narrative on the mainstream liberal media? I don't think there's a good narrative there. Otherwise, you're, I mean, at best, like, kind of, sort of, slut-shaming. Right, which I'm not cool with. And and that doesn't make her a slut anyway. No. No, um, absolutely not. Not, for, sound, not sound, for a minute. She can, she's an adult. She can do what she wants. Sounds and, like they had a legitimate relationship. Well, right. Yeah. And he, uh, listen, Willie, I believe Willie is half a dozen different kinds of a crook. He is also extremely intelligent, hilarious, witty, 
charming, smooth, well-dressed, and the rest of it. We've spent a fair amount of time with him. Would I hang around him just to hear him talk about politics? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Would you kiss him on the mouth? No. You wouldn't? No, I would not. Because would he's you? black. <laughs> and that's a joke. That's, that's meant a to joke. shock. That's meant to shock. Well, it did. It was horrifying. <laughs> it's because you're, I believe it's because you're a heterosexual man is yeah, why you would. That's the main yes, reason. Indeed. So anyway, uh, to finish up Kathy and Austin's uh, message, um, she said, uh, 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 Donald slept with beautiful women because he could. Kamala slept with old guys because she wanted a career boost. I'm pretty sure that makes him a pig and her a prostitute. On a side note, what do you get from pigs? Delicious bacon. What do you get from prostitutes? Just ask Jerry Brown. I heard on the radio he has syphilis. Oh, jeez. <laughs> then her sign-off is really not for the kids at all. In fact, I'm not even going to read it. Good. It includes one of the letters is F, and it stands for exactly what you think it might. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, and then finally, she really enjoyed the Stupid Should Hurt t-shirt she got for Christmas. Awesome. Which is fantastic. I I hope you enjoy that. And remember, you too can buy overpriced and moderately <laughs> poorly made sportswear at, uh, what is it, armstrongandgetty.com? That's right. Yes. Order. Good stuff. Order away. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. 